You're listening to the A Scully Cast, brought to you by www.ascully.com. And here are your hosts, A Scully and Sid Talk. We're a little bit early this week, and it's Academy Awards weekend. That's the reason. Tomorrow we will be... Lavishing in the glamour, glitz, and bullshit of the Academy Awards. We've actually been invited to the Academy Awards this year, and we're going... To our living room? We're going there um, in our own transport, which is our couch. (laughs) (laughs) And we do understand. We're not blinded by the uh, the designer dresses and all the... That's my least favorite part, the, um... Yeah. Oh, look at what she's wearing. Oh, listen to you. That's your least favorite part, and yet by 5 p.m. you are are camped and watching all the pre-show stuff. I'm not camp. Camped. Oh, I thought you meant (laughs) when I'm watching all the women in the dresses. You are a little camp. camp. Let's... We'll just tell the world. You just start going, oh, my God, that's beautiful. We won't tell everyone that you do that. I do not say that. In fact, I try, I try and avoid the... Uh, you try to avoid it, but yet you sit and watch all the pre-show, so you can deny it all you You know want. why I watch the pre-show? I actually just want to see the film stars arrive. I don't really care that it's an Amani suit that costs $5 million. I don't really care about that part, but hey. So why do you care about seeing them arrive and get out of their I cars? Want to, I want to see like Angelina Jolie and people like that. Why? Explain this to the I world. I like looking at them. Why do you give a crap about famous people? It's a hard question to answer. I admire them in some way. Why? They just pretend to be other people. I love movies, you know that, but come on. We, I love what I'm I saying. Is, I, I, don't, I, I, actually, understand. I actually don't know. Exactly. I, but I, I don't do either. Admire. I don't either. It's admire. like uh, I tell people that we brainwashed. I think that's one category I, I can say. I put my hand up and say, <laughs> I've fallen for it my whole life because those people have been my best friends my whole life. When I was a lonely, fat little child, I would watch a lot of TV and a lot of movies. So I think that sort of stuck with me forever. And the, the other thing we should mention before we start the show is, we I actually thought the Oscars was <laughs> two, in another two weeks. And then this week, I, uh, do, I was doing my uh, weekly, I go on the internet and have a look around IMDb for mo- movie news. And then there was this little countdown timer at the top that said, two days to the Academy Awards. And I was like, huh? Two days to the Academy Awards, and then I looked on Oscar.com, and there was two days to the Academy Awards. So then I went to ascully.com, our website, and I typed up my thing that I'll be posting tomorrow night as the show goes on. Because I, I always During do the com- the, Now you have this, though. You can just do it live. That's how it I do it. That's how I do you it. Until, you haven't until now. I we did last year. Get up from the couch and run into last the Last year I did it on this. I remember. I remember. Yeah, I totally remember. Now, but, one year I did fall asleep. Because I had worked, yeah, and then I stayed up all night. I had worked all night, and then stayed up all day. <laughs> I don't remember which year it was, but I felt really guilty. And but, you just watched. You kept waking me up a little bit. But anyway, if you're inter- if tomorrow night you want to follow along with us, I'll probably be twittering and updating aschoolie.com with the results. It, you know, maybe you can't get to a uh, to see the show on the on the team. Yeah. You can't get. Near the I don't show. want it to sound like we're all the other dickheads on the on the internet who sit there and ooh and ah and like. Oh, I pissed do. off at the... You're not like that. No, you're I'm, not gonna a, sit I'm there. excited. I'm excited, too. Like, ooh, wow. Ah, oh, yeah, no, no. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, we're not going to be like those people sit there and grumble about who wins or doesn't win. Oh, no, we're I don't care who wins. Not at all. I actually... Um, well, I do care who wins, because I've got some favorites, but... Um, you're no, not going to sit there If go, somebody oh, else wins, I'm not I'm not. They were stay. robbed, and what a sham, because we know part of it. It's kind of a sham anyway, a little bit, and so... I think... I don't think it's a sham. No. 
Listen oh, to you with your so conspiracies. Deli- you're so delicate and innocent. Anyway, let's get on. That. Let's get on with this show. It's uh, Sunday, February the twenty second. Well, it isn't quite. Oh, yes, it is. It's twelve oh one a.m. Okay, that's brilliant. brilliant. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's um, Sunday, February the twenty second, two thousand and nine. This is after the show fifty eight. Your weekly movie review slash fun and game slash mm, whatever. One of those. Contests and stuff. Yep. I you can find out what we're having for supper. What? I was trying to get some feedback. I was trying to. You're, chill, you're still trying to name the rest of our podcast. Like, give it a name. The part after the movie. Yeah. <laughs> like now. Shenanigans. It's just, <laughs> I love that word. <laughs> Tomfoolery. <gasps> That's a good one. Yeah. So yeah. Um, so the movie we're going to be looking at this week, or the movie we just took a look at, we've already seen it, is Body of Lies. This is a Blu-ray release. It's a 2008 movie. It's released on Blu-ray disc and DVD on Tuesday, February the 17th, which was this Tuesday, so you can go and get it now. Uh, It's from our friends at Warner Brothers, and here's Sito with the uh, synopsis. And I I was thinking about this, if I had to do a synopsis of this movie, it's quite complicated. It is complicated, but to narrow it down, we are dealing with four... it's It's set in the Middle East, modern day... Um, we have a fat cat CIA guy in Washington giving orders. We have an on-the-ground, in-the-moment uh, CIA agent, which would be Leonardo DiCaprio, who's taking those orders and making things happen to find party number three, who would be sort of what we're calling like the figurehead of a terrorist organization or faction or the head of it all, right? Equal to Al-Qaeda kind of person, you know, the head of that. And then we have the other, who is um, the equal, the equivalent of the CIA, but in Jordan, and how their power and influence and their interests as being a government and the people who live in that place, while our CIA and the terrorists are fighting each other. I'll probably should turn off my heating pad, because that's what that is. What? That sound? That... Oh, I didn't hear it. Oh, you did. You looked. You went, what? My heating pad that I have plugged in makes my speakers make a funny sound. Old lady. <laughs> How okay, do you call on, me an old lady with my on, slippers on. and my scarf and my heating pad? That's yep. crazy. So we've got these four factions, and it's all about catching the bad guy, meaning the terrorists, and how the politics of it all get people involved and that you can't trust anybody. It's very it's not spy like, it's more I don't know, it's really grassroots Undercover. It's, it's, yeah. It is spy-like. Not really. I mean, really. it's not like James Bond or something. No, but nothing it, like it's, that. But That's it is what I mean. an, It is an undercover thing. In fact, uh, do, do you remember the movie Munich? Mm-hmm. Kind of reminds me of that a little bit. Yeah. But this is even more... Less sneaking and more just overt... M- Men taking actions to prevent bad things and for their own interests. And, you know, it's a hard one to pinpoint. But at the center, that's what you've got. These four things, individuals. And to me, the point of it is they're just individuals involved here. And yes, there are, what are they called? Um, Extreme people in the world. And there's not just one way of dealing with them. There's not just the American heavy-handed, go in there and blow them all up way, because there is more involved. And these people all get mixed up in that. And the fact that it's called Body of Lies, and the mm-hmm. tagline to the movie is, trust no one, deceive everyone. Yeah, trust Which actually nobody. really fits in and really really boils it yeah, down totally. to a few. 
So anyway, um, what did you think of Body of Lies? I really liked it. I really did. I liked it. I like the... I don't know, there's a... a, a I won't say a realness, because that sounds hokey, but I mean, there's a groundedness about... Because it's shot in a Middle Eastern setting for real, and it's very tactile, and I felt it was really authentic, even though I've never been any of those places, to Turkey or Iran or Iraq or it feels, anywhere. Uh, but it's really... You, I got really involved in the the whole of it. It feels like Bond movies where... You feel like you're... There's so many locations. In fact, this movie... Mm-hmm. This movie is the first movie I've ever seen that's opening scene takes place in Manchester, England. Mm, yeah, true. Like, I mean, yeah, I've seen movies in Manchester, England, but... And you've this, seen Manchester, England. This actually has a title that says Manchester, <laughs> England, and then it starts. And it's not a very nice um, portrayal nice of Manchester, thing. England, but... Um, but, yeah, that was... I did, did you like it? I um, absolutely... Uh, I'm... Ridley Scott's biggest fan. Like every time I see a Ridley Scott movie, I'm I think he's like a master craftsman. Like he's absolutely he puts together a movie so it's so it's like glossy and it's like I don't know what it is. You can tell it's by him. He's like um, yeah. There's this weird like it's not gritty at all. No, it's real. But and yet it's it's like like. But Tex- it's, no, I, don't want to say I think it's the editing as well, like because it's like perfectly put together for me. They always are. Like, oh, I agree. You never get lost in them. I, I don't mean, you know, I mean, yeah. you, don't, you don't lose the plot because it's so well put together. There are times I'll say I get a little muddled because we are talking about people dicking people over and like lying and who's actually in charge. And am I supposed to be noticing that he's listening to this person, but in fact we're being tricked to. Th- He's being tricked, you know that kind of stuff. Maybe that's just part of it. And this movie is a whole that you're supposed to feel a little bit f- tipped off that you're not sure who to trust. Just like the main guy, maybe shouldn't shouldn't know who to trust. So now there's a lot of things uh, I want to say about this movie, but they'll probably come when we talk about the cast. Okay. Um, but the movie in ge- the movie itself, and it's a hard one not to give things away about. Um, I just think it was really well put together and really interesting, like because. Um, this is all stuff that it's not out of the realms of possibility either. I know this isn't a true thing. Yeah, but yeah, it's not based stuff, on a true thing. Obviously, there is intelligence people working in the field on their own. You know, this the character. That, you guess we don't know, do we? we well, no I mean, it's the way to do it if you think about it. I mean, if you want somebody to blend in somewhere, they just have to. They can't have a team with them. They yeah, but then why to, make movies and tell everybody that's how you do it? Well. Because then, when you're really doing it... It's not it. obvious that it's being done when you see it, though, is it? That's, that's the genius yeah. of it. Like Because somebody just merging in with the thing for years and years and years just to gather intelligence, or, and that might be all they do, but I find that an interesting um, scenario. Uh, I enjoyed and, it. Yeah, and I'm trying to think. Without going into the story and without going There's into the There's not a cast. lot you can give away when you've already... When everyone knows it's a story based in the Middle East and it focuses on terrorism. And <clears> you've <throat> got, so you know a lot of what's going to happen. There anyway. was one thing when it started and there's an explosion at the beginning. Um, you know, a terrorist explosion. And, you know, we're you know several years away from 9-11. And I was thinking, wow, we have got to a point where movies about this subject are possible like because do you remember when it happened sure there was a lot of like 
Spider-Man had to be redone part yeah, of it because they had to take the Twin really, Towers out of yeah, it. That way he swung between the Twin Towers, they had to take that out. In, in little things like that, even. Where, there was a lot of people saying, well, we can't make... Well, in fact, something I read the other day was Die Hard 4 was re-cut in several different ways. And re- some lines were taken out and stuff because they were sensitive to terrorism. You mean Live Free Die Hard? Die Hard 4. Point, you know, the 4.0 one. I thought that was Live Free Die Hard. I guess it is here. Yeah. In England, it's Die Hard. Where else have you been? (laughs) In England, it's Die Hard 4.0. That's how they'll know it, I guess. But uh, yeah, that one. That one was re... I was reading an interview with Bruce Willis. They had to remove a lot of different things because it was too sensitive. But this one... Do you think that's why this one took... Because I swear to goodness that we saw trailers for this movie up to two years ago. I, I think we I've only ever seen now, this do you trailer think Part one. of it is that there's a lot of still. There are a lot of sensitive issues in there, including um, very. I mean, the absolute lowest think, common, lowest thing of a humanity thing where prisoners are taken and tortured and even killed. And we all know it's true. And it has happened. It's been on. We've seen. I haven't personally, but I mean, we all know that's happened. Where someone's been taken hostage and killed on camera, and it's shown all over. In the fact, world. that was one of that's the things. That's a very sensitive. Yeah, it's involved. You know, so is that maybe one of the reasons why they maybe had to? Because stuff like that's happened over the last few years, and you don't want to throw a movie up in, from Hollywood and and, to, and be so insensitive to show um, in this movie. Because when I was watching it, I was like, "Wow, this is really sensitive stuff." Because they don't just like make like fake names of places up they go oh look here's Manchester England getting bombed here's um Amman Jordan and and uh, the place in the Netherlands they they actually show real places getting bombed and then they mention people who are doing it very like it's these people doing it yeah yeah. it's really um it's very sensitive you know and it is a it is a very sensitive cultural thing so maybe you know you can say on one hand you can be totally open and say, look, you know, we should make movies about anything we want. Screw the world, because it's movies, and we should have the right to freedom of speech. Fair enough. On the other hand, you can't just trample all over anybody's feel, everybody's feelings and we also, for the sake of a movie. And we also have to remember this war is still taking place. Yeah, exactly. So we're making, you know, move, a movie such as this is being made as entertainment during lots of people's, in lots of people's normal lives in the Middle East. Friends, yeah. family, people are dying every day. Like it, so, it, it is a real odd juxtaposition, I guess. Um, but yeah, and this film doesn't take any. It doesn't like you know. Hold, doesn't really steer away from things. It says this it does, is what, and it doesn't. But it says like these are the people. This is what we're going after. This is what they're doing. And but is it only of, them at fault? That's another question that pops up in this story. I think that. Chasing down someone in a certain method contributes to a problem as much as, not as much as the person, the problem itself, but I mean, how you go about solving this problem isn't just with a hammer. Yeah. And so you have to point out that people far away making decisions, they just, you know what I equate it to in a very, 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 very simplistic way, and I'm not taking the piss or anything, I'm saying... You know when you have a job and you work for like a big company or something like I work for a state government and you're doing your little squatty job as a peon, right? Day to day, this is our desk, this is our computers, blah, blah, blah. And someone who's never even been in the area where you work, they're 10 levels higher than you, they get paid a shitload more money than you, and they make decisions to change your job 
because of what they've seen on a piece of paper or what they think they know. And everyone who does the job is going, what are, you, what are they doing? They have no idea. That's what I think about this movie, that the people high up are making decisions where down in the well, reality that's exactly of it. It. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that I, he just doesn't get it. And my favorite line, I wrote it down there because it's my favorite line from the movie, is um, Hani says, you Americans are incapable of secrets because of your democracy. I thought that was my favorite line of the movie. Because it very. kind of sums the entire thing up, you know? Another one was when um, Russell Crowe, as the sort of company CIA man, says, you don't want to turn your back on America. And Leonardo DiCaprio's character says, you want to be careful comparing... Um, calling yourself America because he in his mind he's got it cinched in his mind yeah. that he understands all of Americans values and he's only working out for the, for the working for he's them. yeah he right. represents them whereas Leonardo Leonardo DiCaprio's character realizes this dude is kind of maybe a little more self-motivated than uh, he should be and that does symbolize people could be anybody could you be a president and their own personal attitudes about things are going to color their decisions and I think that's another thing that kind of stood out to me yeah there's there's a lot of uh, and yeah there's a I think the Scots are actually um, interested in this kind meaning of meaning Ridley and Ridley and Tony because <laughs> it's also the Scots like from Scotland <laughs> think of another film like um, Enemy of the State that's got a vibe of this too like a um, clandestine like we're being watched from the sky. Enemy of the state. Yeah. All about that. This has a lot. This movie has a lot of satellite in the sky that mm-hmm. can watch you at a ground level, very close up. You know, we're always under surveillance. I, I was, you know, and was it was Tony Scott? I think wasn't it? Um, Enemy of the state. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, How about that recent one with um, Shia LaBeouf? In, mm, not as well done. I understand, no, no. but the same concept. That someone is watching us think, all the time. I think when we watched, I think when we did the review for Eagle Eye, I mentioned Eagle Enemy, Eye. Of the, Enemy of the State yes. there. As well. And there's another one, um, the one with Brad Pitt and Harrison Ford about Ireland and that, and the that terrorism. You know, I mean that devils or something. Or... Oh, I can't remember now. I know which one you mean. Oh, how about Spy Games? That was another one that you know kind of ran along those lines. That, but. <clears throat> With this one, let's move on to the cast because most of the things I've got to say are about the cast. Okay. Anyway. So, um, first uh, is Leonardo DiCaprio as Roger Ferris. I'm I totally love Leonardo DiCaprio. I know a lot of people don't. For me, I, I heard the other day somebody say, "I don't really like Leonardo DiCaprio because everything is in." I can't get over the fact that it's Leonardo DiCaprio. I feel completely the opposite to that. I feel like he does a superb job. Like this character here was so. He's a multifaceted character because he's like all all angles. Everything in his life is danger, and people are screwing him over. And and he, I felt that I felt everything about it. Like, like he, he was, never gets a chance to just like, like ever. No, and like there's a you know a love interest in mm-hmm. the movie where he kind of does a little bit for a split second, but not even then because no, he's still challenged. Not even then, yeah. yeah. So. I think all those subtle things, and I also feel that he did this well in Blood Diamond. Um, I just think I just find him really captivating. Catch um, me if you can. People really don't like him. I, and you know what? I want to challenge. I want to say, why don't you? Why? Because you've heard other pricks say they don't like him, and you go, "Yeah, me either." Like, what do you? Why? 
Because I because feel he's like, cuter than you. Do you think? Because see, he's successful and you're not. I don't get it. See, and I, I, all I see is like you know, I've seen enough of. I've probably seen everything he's done. I imagine. I and people say, oh, he's just the same in every single thing. No, I really disagree. I, th- <laughs> I, totally I, I disagree. believe. I believe he's like really talented. Guy. I'll admit, for the first probably five minutes when we're seeing him in this movie, I am looking at him. And I'm not thinking, oh, look, it's Leonardo DiCaprio. I'm looking and thinking, here's a grown, here's a man that we have watched, that I have watched from the time he was, you know, Gilbert Grape. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I feel like I want him to do well. <laughs> I always want him to do really well to, like, prove people wrong. So I'm watching and thinking, you know. And you know what? Just, I can't. Oh, I think. You know, his, his, his um, adult career, e.g. The Departed. The Aviator, um, Gangs of New York. They're all absolutely fantastic and a lot to do with him. I Why mean, is it that you and I love all these movies and then people go so down hard on them? Like, they're really picky about them. I really don't know, because those three movies I just mentioned are amazing. And Catch Me If You Can. It's a light-hearted kind of movie, but I think he plays that guy brilliantly. I think, uh, you know, it's it's kind of like a heist movie, but not. And, and I think he plays the crafty... Yeah, take off your your DiCaprio filters and just watch him. Like, pretend you don't know who he is and see what you think. Like, And in this movie... Blood Diamond again, you said really good. Yeah, was, Blood Diamond. Um, you know. And we haven't seen the new one with he and... Uh, no, we, we, we will, though. But um, this this one, in particular, he, he, you know, sometimes he has to come off as a Middle Eastern person and sometimes, he, you know, because he's a... Briefly, yeah. Not a master of disguise, but no. <laughs> he has to be undercover sometimes. And, you know, there's there's a time where he is a Middle Eastern person, and I wasn't thinking that's Leonardo DiCaprio. Any, uh, I was, kind of. But see, and I wasn't. I was thinking that's, you know... That you know why? Because I don't feel like... I feel like even in who he is and how he is as a person, kind of like Ewan McGregor, that he never looks rough enough to be the I you know what I mean? rough in this, he did so. well because he had facial hair but there was Not no there's no like major character yeah but that was stuck on right I'm talking about the character around his eyes right. and stuff you're not going to get that from him for a long time and maybe never even like I think of Al Pacino yes he looks older but he doesn't have that like really Alpa <laughs> Alpa Chino yeah no booty sweat you know what I mean like so I like him. I liked him yeah, in this. I think Lena. I, I think this could be part of our brainwashing from our child. I don't know about like we no. blind ourselves to people, but that's not true because I try to be really fair with people. And if he was crap, I'd say eh, there's. But it wasn't. It was really no, solid. I, I thought it was an absolute brilliant performance by him. And second, uh, Russell Crowe. Um, <laughs> yeah, really good. Russell Crowe, another like they're equal on a. You know, I thought they both fed off each other. It was really and scenes where they were both in, I really thought it was good. Russell Crowe, you know, he's put on a lot of weight for this role, and I don't know if you put it on for this role or he's actually like that now. Kind of seen for a while. No, we saw him in that interview afterwards. He looked yeah, he just, still pretty stodgy, but but anyway, it's it's an interesting because um, you you know he's usually like muscly and but he really takes on the attitude of the self righteous. Yeah, it was good. Um, I. I know everything, and I know what's best for everyone, but in that subtle, sort of backward way. And we, the last time Really we, condescending. I was going to say, the last time we saw him was in Ridley Scott's last film, American Gangster. But he was good in that, too, mm-hmm. Russell Crowe. Um, but yeah, in this, he's he is, you know, an asshole kind of guy. But 
also a family man and he's just Yeah, but the this. asshole part just overrides it all. It Even when it. you see him with his kids and taking them to school, you're just like you are you are a beast because of what you can do with the power you have just doling it out. And most and- of and and the interesting thing about this is most of Russell Crowe's um, character, Ed Hoffman's work in this movie, he does from his cell phone, mm-hmm. either sat in his living room or stood in his garden. And it can be like completely, it can be terminate this guy or do this. It can be. Yeah, it's imp- almost like somebody playing, standing over a table of a, a game where you push the pawns, the little pieces around, you know, or playing like a, what they call yeah, it, RTS like a, or whatever. There's an interesting. One. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know what you mean, like a war room kind of deal. Yes, exactly. There's an interesting one where he's stood in the garden talking to um, Leonardo DiCaprio on the cell phone. It's like six in the morning and his wife comes out and says, what are you doing out here? Why aren't you sleeping at six in the morning? He's like, I'm just... Saving the world. Saving the world, yeah. <laughs> and it's, you know, just some real yeah. important stuff that he's just babbling over the cell phone. Like, this can affect people's lives. And, and he just takes it all, you know, he's just this middle-aged... Yeah, power-hungry, <laughs> egocentric, but plays it in a way that doesn't... He does it in a way where he looks over his glasses at you he does and that says, all the time, okay, whatever. You know, and I I know that because that's what I do with mine, but he just sort of throws it out there that whatever you say or whatever you do, I am still in charge, so you just get over yourself. He even yourself. tells that to Leonardo mm-hmm. DiCaprio several times, like, just don't forget who I am, in a kind of subtle way, though. So, yeah, he's. I thought them two brilliant. Now... There are lots of other people in the movie, but most people's appearances in this movie, apart from these other three people we're going to mention, are, are like so brief. Yeah. Because it? it's, a, it's a big story with a lot of quick things that happen. So these are the people we... Well, Mark Strong is the next guy who plays Hanny, who we... The first time I'd ever seen him, I think, was in Rock and Roller, which was a couple of weeks ago. And it's kind of the same character, but this time he's a Middle Eastern... Uh-huh. Plays a Middle Eastern guy really well. Like, I, I, if I hadn't seen him in Rock and Roller, and I know that he's a, you know, a Londoner, yeah, I would have believed it. I don't know. He looked a bit. I don't know. I like him. He looked like saying, he had gravy brown hair, in him. Yeah, no, his hair was like really a bit too. But he is also a power hungry. I think he played it bureaucrat, well. but he's From the, the kind of bureaucrat, side. yeah, that has his, gets his hands dirty. He's basic. He's basically like. He, he is Russell Crowe, yeah, exactly. but from a different from a whole different perspective. Yeah. Like, but I thought he was really well, uh, really good. I mean, yeah, I like I him too. anyway. He's very, mm, he's very. Um, you, I feel like if he were to step up close to me, he'd smell really good. <laughs> nice. I have no idea why. I have no idea why. Just Mark Strong seems. And then like you can. Good. There's the lady who plays Aisha. Who, who, do you want to uh, have a try of that one? Uh, Gold Goldshifta Goldshifta Parahani. Farahani. Oh, Farahani. Okay, so she's the... I mean, no disrespect, I just don't know how to pronounce her name. I was going to say, if if anybody's going to butcher her name, I'll let Golshifta. it be. I think it's how I say it. So Golshifta. she plays like the kind of a... Well, she plays a nurse mm-hmm. um, who Leonardo DiCaprio goes to to get some injections. Who jabs him in the stomach with a needle. And uh, there's talking. a bit of a love play, you know, between mm-hmm. them. Um it's the kind of like an oasis in the middle of this crazy hardcore now, thing. We'll explain this part because this is really interesting. I think one of the most interesting things in the movie that in the Middle East, women are not allowed to what show affection to men or, or any touch of that. or touch. be with in public. 
So alone, Leonardo DiCaprio is an American man, and you know he likes her, and he goes for a meal with a uh, uh, with a family, a sister, and stuff. And then outside, you know, he's he's not he's not a disrespectful man. Um, this Roger Ferris, he's a very respectful man. He goes to shake a hand, which you know, not thinking, not just thinking, to shake a hand. Like, she understands that. Because for like a southern boy raised in, as a man, shaking a girl's polite, hand yeah. is like extremely polite. Instead. He's not really reaching over to kiss her or anything. And then they look around and it's like she can't touch him. Like now in the yeah, she wouldn't be allowed to. It would be real frowned upon. Now this is interesting as well because when we saw some interviews with her, she in her real she's from Iran, Tehran. It's also the same there, and this in is real, the first time yeah. it's happened on a film, right? An, an actress from where she is. Um, I don't know about that, but it is actually in for her to be in Morocco and do a movie is what she was saying was the first. But for her to actually touch a man in a movie for the people where she's from now, because that would be a controversial thing. Yeah, very. So she has to go back to her country then, and like. And I do understand this from almost a first-hand perspective, (laughs) not first-hand like I'm Middle Eastern, but. I was married to a Turkish man once, and those were the rules. What? Do not look at, or talk to, or be friendly with, or in any way communicate with a man that looks any way like you're being friendly. You are not to do that. And it was, like, totally not, <laughs> like, like obviously, he's my ex-husband. So, I mean, but- that was a very bizarre way to live and have that expected of you. It was very... And plus, I'm from here. I'm here, you know what I mean? Like... It's not in my DNA to have that in my mind. So it was very... It's a very, you know, reverse situation. I can't even imagine in these countries, though. Like, oh, I know. Because it's totally. so... Like, also these countries where, you know, they have to wear something over their head all yeah. the time. She not, doesn't not in her she... home and in her little neighborhood. But then you see the difference when she is at work. She wears her hat. When she goes in public, she puts her... Um, I forget what it's called. Around her hair. Not no. over her face. No, it's not. I don't know what that's called, Just but um, a scarf, right? but you, it's very well done as well. It is very clear the difference between a casual home situation where she has her hair down and she's fun, you know, having a good time and they're talking and stuff around the dinner table, and yet even in that casual setting, all the eyes are on her not to act inappropriately. And interestingly enough, so it's really good. The type of country and the type of things that happen in, even in a casual dinner setting. The it's very politically charged, like the sisters. Oh, entirely yes. Sisters like looking at this American man, who are at war with exactly, the, wanting to know his what's your. You're only here you, because you're yeah. benefiting from our war and our suffering kind of thing. And so there's a lot of interesting um, little things in there that keep you interested. That sister did a fantastic job, by the way. Yeah, she was good. I, sh- I fr- we should have put her name. We didn't she get was really name. good because she, it wasn't. She was like a. She could be a famous actress from some other country. We don't even Probably know. Is. But she held her own, man. She really gave him a hard time. And then last uh, we've got on the list is Ali Suleiman as Omar Siddiqui. And he is, he's, you know, he's in the movie. He's an architect. He's um, from there. Like, I don't know if he's Jordanian or... Yeah, I, I can't so. remember. I think he was But he's Jordanian. used kind of as a pawn. But the part... And he wasn't, you know, he's not a huge player. But in my mind... His parts, particularly one where he's sitting and being questioned and stuff, he's actually, 
I was like, my heart was going out to him, so I thought that was a good job, because then we saw him in an interview, and he's not no, no, like that at all, so I, I thought he did a really good job. And there's a, like I say, it's tons of people in this movie, but to mention them, yeah. some of them are just, they fluff. There was not one single person at any time that I felt, other, okay, I should say, exception, one guy, you know, has he has the friend in the beginning, and then he has another guy assisting him later, you know, that goes through the... Yep. He was he was a little bit not I don't know it was something about him I, I thought didn't he like. was alright. <laughs> but anyway, this movie's directed by Ridley Scott. Who? Um, and I wanted to mention a few. Well, obviously, most people know who Ridley Scott is. He directed Blade Runner, American Gangster, Black Hawk Down, Gladiator, GI Jane, Thelma and Louise. They're just some of them. Did you forget Alien? Alien. <laughs> Uh, That's the one that first one that comes to my mind. The first one that comes to mind for me is Blade Runner always. Right. But, um, you know. What you got for Christmas and we're going to need to watch. Well, I think, uh, I think he's one of, he really is one of the greats. Like, I mean, he, he also, he churns movies out. Like, I, I always think, oh, Ridley Scott's not done something for a while and there it is. Like, there's another one. Like, it happens quite often. Like, I'll, I'll think, oh, When's the next Ridley Scott movie coming out? And then it's on my desk. I haven't seen Black Hawk Down, by the way. Well, Black Hawk Down's really good. So you, I've heard. you and McGregor and um, Aye. Josh Hart. Crazy, crazy Tom. What's his face? <clears throat> you know, Tom. Ber- um, no, I know who you mean. Yeah. Sizemore. Yes. Um, he's in that bag. No, it's really good. Um, I can't say anything wrong about him. I think he's like a craftsman. He's, he, he's definitely got everything down. He knows how to direct, he knows how to edit he knows how to make his final movie look exactly how he wants yeah, it to yeah and look. there's not a you can't say like with tony scott you get a vibe of tony scott there isn't that with ridley scott i really don't think that because if you look at the differences between thumb and louise gladiator blade runner alien G. and G. this gi jane you cannot there is nothing about them that's that's why Stamped, he's one of those. Except that isn't they're he? solid. All except of that them. they're all really good quality. Yeah, really like, um, good quality. Yeah. And and Tony Scott is actually a real good filmmaker as well. But you're right. He, Tony Scott like has a bit of a, a little bit of style, style or substance which is sometimes. a lot of that. Like Domino was the perfect yeah. example of a. There's a lot of cool camera techniques and all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't really help the movie. Like mm, true. It, but you know, it's by Tony Scott. Um, but yeah, I, I love Ridley Scott. I think he's great. Oh, you know, did we say Gladiator? Yeah, Gladiator. Yeah. Um, I was just saying that today, actually, this morning. I woke up thinking, I've not seen Gladiator for about ten years. When's the Blu-ray coming out? Because yeah. I, if I want to watch it again, I want to see the Blu-ray version of it. But uh, apparently it's not out yet. Hopefully soon. Uh, so let's move on to the DVD extras. This is uh, the Blu-ray disc um, of Body of Lies. It comes with a slip cover and the... Um, same artwork underneath which I always feel if you're going to do a slip cover let's have a different cover yeah you know two different covers anyway um, but if you're going to have a slip cover don't have a slip cover no, <laughs> I, like, that, I, I really like slip stupid. covers so. Uh, so now one thing I want to mention here Warner Brothers they're really good at doing um, extras and it, this started with The Dark Knight which wasn't many weeks ago but it's a good way to go on and we always complain about you control on the um Universal, Universal discs. Well, they do, instead of U-Control, um, Warner Brothers do something called Focus Points, which they also did in The Dark Knight, but it's you can you can turn it on, and during the movie it will pop up these uh, video, you know, behind-the-scenes videos. 
that you can just watch in a box at the bottom of the screen. Or you cannot do that and just choose them from a list individually. Uh, well, I don't know what's so hard about that That's anyway. That's genius, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, who never thought of that before? Oh, I don't know. DVDs forever. Yeah, exactly. So, um, <laughs> Brilliant, in fact. So you can do it both ways. And the focus points are, you know, some... It, there's, there's about seven or eight of them, but they're... They're quite long as well, they're like eight, nine minutes each, but they're just focus points, like highlighting yeah. in, highlighting like the director, highlighting Interviews. certain scenes. Yeah, that's where we learned about about his technique of having several cameras around and how he's always doing everything in his mind and getting, he's very efficient and kind of like, like a Clint Eastwood type of guy. Yeah, really. Very, he just knows what he's let's doing. Let's just get and it done and he cut a lot more out. There were a lot of deleted scenes compared and I thought it was I interesting thought. about like the people from the place in South Africa where he mm-hmm. films this, where he filmed this film and filmed several other of his films. It wasn't South Africa; it was Morocco, right? That's not South Africa. Mm, no, it isn't. Oh, yeah, it is. You're he right. said South Africa at the beginning. I think he said Africa. Oh, did he? I think so. Okay. Um, well, I could be wrong. If you're you correcting me and my geography is off. <laughs> Or if I'm correcting you and I'm wrong, yeah, that will be rare. Well, I, I'm going to say <laughs> South Africa, where he filmed. Well, anyway, regardless, it doesn't matter. Um, the The idea of this is that because he's filmed several films there, and he brings, he employs people of the region and all that kind of stuff. He's actually really famous there. Ridley Scott as a name, like, is really famous. It's pretty interesting. And he seemed he, to take pride in the fact that he's started a. Thing of other people making movies there. Yeah, he did. But like I he was the pioneer. I personally, of that. I don't think that's great because that's a that's a false industry, isn't it? But it's, it's like co- it's like Hollywood fat cats sucking the life out of some. How many movies and did then he say would be? On. He said like there was just like his movie being there like eight years ago, and now this year, if you look at this year, there's like eight movies being made there, like big movies. He said so. so it's but it just seems a bit perverse because they'll just. Use it up, and then everybody will go, oh, that was so last year, and now they moved to some other place. It just seems really cruel. And Ridley Scott liked to say that it was his kind of secret, that this was a good place to go and film if you wanted like somewhere to look like the Middle East, but it's not anymore. Cause... Plus the people, he said, really good crews and everything. Yeah. Um, so there's all these focus points. They're interesting. There's quite a lot of them. I think you really do learn quite a bit about Ridley Scott. Uh, and there's some good interviews with... Um, everybody. Yeah, everybody. And then there's... Uh, commentary by Ridley Scott the screenwriter and the original novel author all together that's the commentary and then there's something called the interactive debriefing which (laughs) while that sounds interesting we figured out that the interactive portion of that debriefing which is pressing some buttons yeah I mean it's not you select which you tick yeah there's, there's like a there's like a tree, like a family tree kind of thing. A grid. You, you tick yeah. the boxes of the ones you want to see and then you press play. But and all they are... To are... me, that isn't interactive. Yeah, no. I mean, I just have... Well, I have to tick some boxes. And that was it. Even but, You were like stumped. You are like, what am I supposed to do? And I'm like, pick that and hit play. And you're well, like, Well, I was what? like, I'm what? ticking a box and there's a tick in a box. I know the exact so thing. <laughs> like, Plus, so, all it is is more of the same. It's just little v- little interviews with everybody. So if you want to see them all, just tick all nine boxes and then yeah. press play. I mean, because that's as interactive as it gets. It might as well just be 
items in a menu that you click. I guess you could pick three of them, three different ones, hit play, and then go clear it and hit three different ones and hit play. But, I mean, I don't get the... Uh, and it's in... All the extras are in high definition. Mm-hmm. They all look really good. Uh, and then there's deleted scenes um, with uh, director commentary and also a bit of an introduction by Ridley Scott. Some of the deleted scenes were really good, I thought. And I was when I was watching them, I was about to say... His deleted scenes look as polished as the the movie. Like he doesn't have any rough anything. No, no. It's all perfect. Like I think he pays to finish it all off with sound and lighting, everything. Even and then just surround sound, up. even down to the it's all high definition, it's all surround it looks like it was ready to be in the movie, but wasn't. Now there's an interesting alternate ending and a scene that kind of sets up the movie differently, but mm-hmm. it would have to have a different ending because of it. And I well, he that, said that. I'm, I'm not sure I'm convinced of that yet, but since he said it, I'll give him... But that didn't to me. So. See, to me it did. So, I think go. just because he said that. No, before he said it, I said to you, uh, that would, you said, you said, why... And I said, that wouldn't work because of the ending. And then he said it. Hmm. So, I Again, was Again, we of, disagree because he said it before that. That's okay. So go, keep going. Disney. He didn't, because you, you were saying... You, you actually said out loud. That's how he introduced the scene, by saying it. No. I'm saying that that if I put this in, this would change. This would have to change the ending, and then you, then you that's fine. That's fine. You're not right. That's okay. Just the fact that Morocco. Where's Morocco again? <laughs> it's in Africa. In Africa. <laughs> so it's not Africa. I don't think we have the internet right. You have the whole internet right there. Okay, I'm <laughs> oh looking it up. You, you carry on talking. Well, can I talk about? Are we going to go? We'll just wrap up then. No, we're not wrapping up. No, I mean on that movie because uh, we've done all the extras. We've done the box. We've done... Oh, uh, BD Live. I'll talk about BD Live. We went to BD Live. It worked. It logged right on. You had to log in. It actually you, didn't need an update or anything. No, no. You logged in. You It said it remembered you, but it didn't. You had to log in with your username and password. The thing about it was, though, the little things at the bottom where it says, like, you know, update your profile. If you click on it, it says you have to click on OK and we'll send you an email and you have to go to your computer and then go on to your profile, which is a bit of a pain, right? Um, the only two actual actual extra things about this movie were two more, um, kind of like showing you how two of the um, explosions were done. You know, like it shows the how they filmed it, and then they show like the computer overlay. It, no, there's no explanation or anything. It just shows you the explosion, and then shows you the computer enhancements over and over until you get the final scene. So you get two of them, and it streamed perfectly. It never cut out it, it took like 10 seconds for it to load up and play the only problem was you can't make it go full screen it's like this little box in the middle now we were looking at it on a big 104 inch screen on the, like a whole wall so i'm imagining if you're watching this on a 32 inch television that box in the middle is going to be about that big i mean it wasn't yeah, very big probably at all. on our screen it was probably about 42 inches that box if that it wasn't even that it wasn't even half the screen i don't think it was pretty small it was pretty small yeah but other than that, but at least the BD Live works. You can look at a whole bunch of trailers. We did watch the new Terminator trailer, which we don't normally watch trailers, but that was kind of interesting. And you could look at loads of different trailers. It's like being on their website with less features, right? <laughs> yeah. That's so what it is. That's, that's or being on the internet with only that to look anyway, at. Anyway, Morocco is officially in Northwest Africa. So, I was close. <laughs> so, um, it's, a, it's, a really big it's, actually, pla- it's actually a really big place. Yeah, like lot. It's, it's got. It's a big country. It is. Its principal city is Casablanca. 
Anyway. Ah, there you go. That like people put it in their mind. Ah, oh, Casablanca. Yep. So yeah, overall, um, I think it's a fantastic movie. That a really good like night at the movies kind of movie. If you like, you know, that kind of thing, I guess. Yeah, perfect balance of some action, action drama. And a lot of intrigue and who who knows who's going to cross who and all that kind of stuff. It's um, it's good. And it's, it's, and it's Ridley Scott at the helm, so really can't be And wrong. it's topical. Very topical. Maybe a little bit too topical mm-hmm. for some people. For some people, maybe. Um, so, yeah, I, I highly recommend it. Blu-ray is good, too. Really good picture because, you know, films of 2008, somebody like Ridley Scott... They use the best equipment. You just know that. Um, nice surround sound. It was good. But he did it on film, didn't he? Because the guy, when he's filming, has got a big film camera. They had Ari things. Uh, I think those are hard drive cameras. Oh, are they? Yeah, I think so. Because there's this massive, weird shape thing over his shoulder. I thought it was a There was a lot camera. of cameras, too. Cause yeah, he'd set, like, six cameras up at one shot. That's not cheap. Ridley mm-hmm. Scott must... <laughs> they must just go, like... Here's all your cameras. You can yeah, because how he many probably has his own... Well, he's got his own production company, so he probably owns them Yeah, anyway. he probably does, yeah. Him and his bro. Yeah. Share the cameras. I love that opening logo, and you made the point that now they've they removed put that. Scott Productions or whatever. He used to say Scott, Scott Free at the bottom. Now they've just got the bird flying, and that's it. Yep, the little don't, dude, the little painted it. dude who turns into a bird, and then it lands. He used to say Scott Free, and now you know what? Another thing I noticed in that same vein, Jerry Bruckenheimer has took his away too. Do you know when it does the oh, lightning yeah, right. on the road? It just does the lightning on the road now. He doesn't have his name at the bottom. What, what happens there? Is it like, I'm so famous, I don't need to put my name there. I think so. I'm so, I've got so much money. They've gone beyond giving themselves one name, like Madonna. They're just, they have no name. <laughs> They're yeah. so famous. They but, but like, if they put that <laughs> they name. They just have a logo. Maybe, and maybe when they start uh, the production company, like Jerry Bruckheimer Films or whatever, maybe they try to put the name everywhere to get the word out, and then eventually you don't need to. That must be it, I would imagine. Yeah. Because Ridley Scott doesn't need to say I'm Ridley Scott, does he? But what if this is the first movie you've ever seen by Scott Product- Scott Free? You don't have any you know, idea. No idea. Until you watch the end. That birdie one. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I uh, highly recommend this. It's another good movie. Uh, we've had some good movies recently, and I highly recommend it. Um, next week's interesting because uh, next week's DVD. It's either going to be, and, and this... <laughs> Is this suspense? It's not set in stone yet because uh, I don't know how early we're going to get this one. But it's either going to be Milk on Blu-ray disc, which is the movie that we don't have yet. It's but it's due very soon. But if I don't get it in time, it will be Blindness on All DVD. Right. So it's so one of those. Behind curtain number two, Johnny. What's behind curtain number two? So either Blindness. you know. They both sound like a good because movie. Because that will be someone who also, in your mind, can do no wrong, Miss Julianne Moore. Yeah, really So good. if Julianne Moore, Ridley Scott, and Leonardo DiCaprio did a movie. And Paul Thomas Anderson. And Paul Thomas Anderson and Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, and, and John C. Riley. And uh, what's his name? Uh, you know. From, Somebody with a face? From Jurassic Park 3. From Jurassic Park 3. Oh, Macy. Macy. William J. Macy. Whatever his name was his name. Yeah, Macy. Any other women? Angelina Jolie. We'll throw her in there. This would be your dream movie. <laughs> it would. And, uh... Directed by Ridley Don Scott, Skev- Kevin Smith, and Paul Thomas Anderson all together. <laughs> I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> like, a, like a threesome direct... Let's just take all their movies and make our own movie. Like, edit them all together to make our own movie. So, thank you to Warner Brothers for that movie. <laughs> and you recommend, did you? You recommend this one? I do. I don't... Yeah. Well, what do you mean, do I recommend? I recommend seeing it. You recommend a, uh, a Blu-ray disc? Uh, just from your... It was. Um, I wouldn't... 
How much is it? I don't know. Generally speaking. Probably $25. Okay, I say 15 is reasonable. Well, I wasn't Otherwise, asking how much the price was. I was saying... I know, you're saying, do I recommend watching it? Yes. Do I recommend buying the DVD on Blu-ray for 30 bucks almost? No. I like I like it when people say buying the DVD on Blu-ray. I like that. And I also like people who say <laughs> Blu-ray DVDs. I are, like you make, that too. are you making me sound like a backward hip? Because I'm just saying. I'm not calling them Blu-ray all the time. It's a DVD. I'm going out to get But if Blu-ray I'm buying the DVD. Blu-ray version of the movie, no. I do not think it's worth $25. I didn't ask you how much it was worth. I just you, said, I didn't, how, I how was the experience? You needed to clarify. Your how question. was the experience? At the Excellent. Blue yes, there you go. So that's <laughs> and if I need to get approval, I have to ask you in a different way, don't I? What approval about what? If I am asking you, I have to kind of not be no because you it's never going to be worth. Here's your money. question: Do you recommend watching this movie? Yes. Do you recommend buying it on Blu-ray? I'll say yes or no. That's it. And, I, and for both, I would say yes. For me. So, there you go. Um, now, contest this week will be on the site. You can just go to the site. There's, a, there's actually a new one for... I do not know what it is. <laughs> but a new one that... Or I will be posting a new one this week. Anyway, there, oh, there is a new one. You've coming. lost control. No, I haven't. But there is, there's a new one that I've just finalized with somebody... Okay. But I haven't got the details to, to do it yet. So, yes, there will be a new one by Monday. And all you have to do is go to the website, click on the contest. Giveaways no more, at the top. No more Twittering, because no. that was not it. Did you figure out your winner from that? No, or? I'm actually going to redo that, because there wasn't enough. It's not but really... that's not fair, because the people who did do it... All right, it... then, I'll do it to just somebody on my list. Yeah, it should be you. someone who made the... <laughs> You I already have that DVD. <laughs> uh, I think you should pick from the people who did. That's only fair. It was a contest. You made the rules. That's the rules. Give it away. All right. There's just two people then, so I'll pick that's one fair. of those two. I mean, if I... It, I don't I'll, cut it in half. I've got I, I would have. I would have to <laughs> listen back to it um, to say... But, I mean, I don't even think these two people joined my Twitter because they'd heard about this contest. I think mean, they were just people who joined, the, joined anyway. But they were supposed to send you a message about it. No, they never did. Nobody ever did. Oh. So, that's what I'm saying. So, I might redo that one <laughs> as an actual contest. But oh, anyway. That's so sad. But anyway. Uh, well, uh, well, I think the problem is with Twitter. Half the people I talk to about it, they've never heard of it, even though it's so big. Twitter, you mean? Twitter. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, what, what does that No, you didn't say. You said something I'm saying about... the problem with Twitter is... Yeah. Even though it's, like, the biggest thing ever, and I keep hearing about it on the news and all kinds of stuff... People don't know what it is or don't understand it. I don't think it's the biggest thing ever, but... Because I could probably tell you every person I know in well, real life, even... minus maybe three, have any idea what it or Facebook or MySpace, they all think it's all bullshit. So, or they don't even know what it is. What I'm saying is, in the tech, in even on the mainstream news now, and like mm-hmm. Twitter, Twitter's been mentioned several times this week, out of where I've been like, oh really? Like Twitter's on that now. Or like, oh, ABC News now have a Twitter feed. And you mm-hmm. know, it's... Getting very mainstream is what I'm saying on the internet. But when I ask people myself, and this was what I was getting at, they don't understand it or they've not really. Oh, I've already got Facebook. I don't need it. Yeah, no, I see people on a couple on this one message we're going to go to, and they're like, "Tell me this. What's the point of Twitter? There's no point really, unless you're advertising something or you want to just communicate." It's a good way of getting information out to people if you, you want your yeah. fans or whatever. Like, but it has to be specific people. Unless somebody sits and watches the feed of everybody constantly. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, what I mean is how it's very useful is I subscribe to people I like. And then what they say, I get that information without having to go anywhere for it. 
True, but it's also very limited to that. You like I like for instance when we've recorded this show, I go on Twitter and say the show is now available. Here's the link. So if you were a Twitter follower of mine, you would know the minute the show went live. Right, but that's a very that's a small group. Of well, people. I'm saying that's that's why when people say what's the use? True. Well, there's a use. Right? Oh, totally. Yeah, and 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 here's another use. Uh, like I watch, um, I subscribe to Jonathan Ross. He tells you the week before who's going to be on the show on TV the week after, which is interesting to me and something you would have to go and dig for. And I you guess. subscribe to a friend of mine from my work who just says whatever. Yeah, so it's There's interesting. There's no promotional anything at all. It's just sort of a, a purging of thoughts constantly. <laughs> so let's do movie recommendations. Uh, my movie recommendations are pretty obvious. Very obvious. First one, first one is Gladiator. Because, and I've not seen it for a long time, but I know I really enjoyed it at the time. Um, and the second one is Blade Runner, and that's why I made Blade Runner, because you got it me for Christmas on Blu-ray disc, the five-disc edition. And the final cut of that, which I want to see soon, I keep saying mm-hmm. we want we should see it, so I think we should see it soon. Um, and, you know, it's available on Blu-ray, like five discs, for a pretty low, reasonable price. How mm-hmm. do you know that? You well, don't know how much I paid? I don't know how much you paid, but you can get it for about $22, <laughs> which seems pretty reasonable for a five-disc movie. So, that's my recommendation. what I paid. <laughs> it was Christmas, and it was scarce. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> well, there you go. Because I love you so much. And my recommendations are... Where are the recommendations? I can never find them. Blood Diamond, because I think that's a quality... Not just Leonardo DiCaprio's in it, but I mean, it's a quality, epic... Also politically charged kind of movie. And it's beautiful and it's got a big impact, I think. It's it's solid, solid movie. Watching and, of course, I'm going with an obvious choice. Alien. The original. The only one that Ridley Scott directed. Yeah, but that's not... I mean, that put that in mind for me. But then I think, I bet a lot of people haven't gone back and watched that in a long time. And it is an excellent quality movie as well. And the Alien quadrilogy... Is coming on Blu-ray very soon, apparently. So people another get another chance to buy yeah. it if they never got it last time. Um, so yeah, that's movie recommendations. We said about next week's DVD. Okay, games and A-scully stuff. We still call it that. <laughs> we, one day this we is the tomfoolery section. Okay, so Grand Theft Auto Lost in the Dam came out this week. You sat and watched the uh, first, maybe the first thirty minutes with me, so you could get some perspective on it. Um, so I've played let me see oh alright let's explain it it's downloadable content for the Xbox 360 it's an add-on pack for Grand Theft Auto but it's not just new maps and stuff it's actually a whole new story which involves this biker gang and a war against another biker gang Um, what do you think? $20 it costs right I think from what I've seen and knowing the amount of enjoyment that you get out of it I think it's just like it's like a whole... It is a whole game. So I don't know... And I think it's like... It looks really good. It I mean, looks it's just in the like world. GTA yeah, 4, yeah, it's in the world. It looks really good. I like how it's tied in, but it's not in your face constant reminders of the game as you've known it up till now. I mean, you see Nico, Nico, whatever, walking down the street. You have one thing with them. So you should explain this biker gang are some people that you cross paths with as the other character in Grand Theft Auto 4, and now you are in their You world. actually do one mission with this one guy who you're playing now, as Nico in the other game. Yeah. 
and when when you when this scene starts in the in the in the biker in the lost and damned you do this mission again but from the biker's perspective so you all go into this room and there's a drug deal going on and it goes bad Nico and his friend escape one way and you escape the other way now when you saw it in Grand Theft Auto 4 you never knew what happened to Johnny so you see what happens to Johnny straight after that now it's interesting because Johnny stood in the doorway and as they come up the stairs he says uh, he says something about I'm having some deja vu or something. <laughs> he just says it like casually so it's kind of interesting how they mix it in there but um, it's really good I've played I think my, I've got 10 hours on the game clock this week and I've done 36% of it. So when people were saying, oh, it's 10 hours long and that's it, I think they're actually... Do you think that's because they already have the mind that they're just going to get in there and they just plow through it, like follow the story? I think if you just done. do this, the missions one after another, you could probably do it in 10 hours. But there's so much more than that. There's races that you can do on the motorbikes. For what? Money? For money and just if you want to get full completion you have to race you have to win 12 of them there's gang wars which is like you go around taking back parts of the city from this other gang so you have these battles with the other gangs Uh, I guess you could skip them completely if you were just going after the story part you're gathering also pigeons or something seagulls seagulls like in the first game you had to find 200 pigeons in this one there's 50 seagulls so they've added that in there so there's definitely stuff to carry on and you know now, some people would say all of that's just crap because it just prolongs the game. It's pointless. But the thing about you loving this game is that you... I want to prolong it. You get in there and you will just tool around. You'll just, like, drive around. <laughs> like, you'll stop at stoplights and then you go and, like, or you I just, just wanna, sort of putter or around. I just think I've never been down this place. I exactly. You're, you're in it. Like, you're in some kind of virtual reality. And I just love that. I think it's <laughs> like... So, it's going to be hard for you to find fault. Whereas other people seem to be like, yeah, whatever, it's fine. It's 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 too short for the twenty bucks, or and it's, it's just boring. more GTA. Well, yeah, yeah and, of course yeah. it is. <laughs> and you that's, have loved that that's since what it GTA is. Three came out. You were in, you were, have played that thing on every console, didn't you? The computer, you oh, played everything. It on everything, and then and then you waited every year patiently, and you'd play the one before it again, right before the new one came out. I remember this has been in the time that we've known each other. And so there's I, a there is another a third part to this which is coming later this year, which some GTA forums have kind of figured out from this cryptic thing that Rockstar threw in there. Now, there's an achievement called... It's, either, it's called, like, the Liberty City Trinity. And there's one particular moment in Grand Theft Auto 4, and it's this big mission where you go to this museum and some shit goes down. And at this particular point in that in GTA 4 there's Nico there's Johnny the biker and there's this other guy mm. and all three of them collide at this particular moment and something big happens now there's an achievement called Liberty City Trinity which means three people <coughs> oh, excuse me is it oh, it's something like that it's something that's it ties these three people together so they're thinking that the next installment is this other guy who's a very different guy to Nico and Johnny. Well, they're all different guys, but um, he's another... He's a bit of a dirty, rotten... How about a woman? How about we have a woman that you can... No, they haven't never had one, and this isn't a woman, obviously, but this... But I think this might be where it is. I think they probably had the idea from the very beginning there's these three characters who are pivotal to each other's story, but not 
you know, they also have their own shit going on in the background, so. Or was it, it wasn't GTA 4, it was Saints Row that you were a woman in the second one, right? You could be anybody in that. Right, but I'm saying you were yeah. a woman and somebody's like, is something different about you? Because you're a man in the first one. Like, yeah, ex- <laughs> yeah in, in Saints Row you uh, can have plastic surgery at the beginning, you can even change your sex. Right. All the way through the game people kept saying... So you like Saints Row and Saints Row 2, but it just doesn't compare. No, I, like, I actually really like Saints Row 2, but it's a completely different thing. It's kind of hokey and silly. This has got... GTA is quite kind of realistic. I'll say it's like watching a movie. Anyway, there was also a bit of controversy about GTA this week. There's a full frontal male nude scene in the game, which has come into, come into the light because what? Because it's, we've never seen that happen in a game before. Yeah, none of us have ever seen a penis. In a game. <laughs> But, I mean, there's plenty of women naked in games. There's lots of strippers and stuff. But this scene is a guy's penis, fully animated. It's for a very brief time. It's not fully animated. You make it sound like it's dancing around with a little hat and cane. It's just It's it's got physics. It's not just a... Can I tell you from a woman's perspective? Nobody's going to give a shit. Okay? We don't get excited by the side of a dude's penis. I don't think that's the point. I I know, but I'm saying it means nothing I admire... um, Rockstar like to push the envelope always. I've, I believe you know games should be as adult as movies are. If if yeah. if it's a game aimed at adults, then a penis shouldn't be a question, and neither should a stripper or a hooker or whatever. Right? Do you think it's um it's a little bit of a test because if we put a naked penis in, here, are you all going to make such a big deal about it, or is that just when we put naked women and and you know, prostitutes. Have I actually don't get is So if you don't make a big deal about this penis, then you need to shut up about everything else. I mean, it's not like he's screwing somebody. He's just standing there talking. He's in a sauna. Yeah. So it's actually within, um, he's in a, he's just had a massage. And you uh, said. And the whole idea of the scene is, not, not, what, not what I said, but the whole idea of the scene is, this guy is a, He's a complete ass. He's like mm. a he's a corrupt politician slash yeah, he's a politician, corrupt. Um and he's just had a massage and this biker guy's come to the massage parlor to have a talk with him about something. And this guy just pulls the towel off and just walks around. It's very uncomfortable for Johnny even who's a hardcore biker guy. He's a bit uncomfortable by the whole scenario of this guy just walking around with his knob hanging out. But that's his arrogance, because he's And that's thinks, his arrogance. Yeah, he's like, I want to intimidate you in your mind, because... You yeah. know. Yeah. So, it really fits. It's not gratuitous. But I really like the idea that Rockstar would... And I imagine they sat there and said, You know, our games are... Everything that's bad, <laughs> we've been... You know, we've had everything, haven't we? Hookers in games, and killing people, and blah, blah, blah. So, what haven't we had... We've not had a, a naked man. And and people went, naked man? We're going to put a naked man in and see what people say. But I think that they have that kind of mentality. Um, it pushes things, doesn't it? Like it and it kind of And then people irks. like you and everybody else talks about it. And, then and it kind of irks some it. people too, doesn't it? Somebody will get the bee in the bonnet about it. Mm. You know, some mainstream... I find it funny that grown men that we're listening to, you of course haven't giggled, but they giggle about it. Like, hey, how does Naked penis. <laughs> I, I was like, in, you're 30 years old. I was in a thread you, on a message board. Have you ever board. seen your own penis? Yeah, it's was, not that exciting, Well, I was going to say, I was in a thread on a message board, and it, like every... Like, it was the thread about Grand Theft Auto, Lost and the Damned, and it wasn't very active, really. There wasn't many people talking about it. 
as soon as the penis thing was mentioned, everybody's ah, penis, penis, penis. <laughs> yeah, because if you'd say, look at those titties, it would be like, yeah, woo, woo. And then you say penis, and they're like, <laughs> we're like, I, we're like little schoolboys. But I even saw people it. saying, I wasn't going to get this, but if it's got a penis in it, I'm getting it. Like that. Oh, a little bit of... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, that's Lost in the Damned. I think it's perfect. Okay. If you like Grand Theft Auto, $20 on Marketplace. You can't really go wrong. If you get, if you get, you probably get 20 hours out of it, so a dollar an hour. If you do it the way you do. Yeah. Um, and the other game... Full frontal. The other game that came out this week that I did mention last week, Street Fighter 4. <laughs> Everybody's talking about it. Everybody's buying it by the sounds of it. It's really... Um, Prime example, you bought yourself a joystick because of it, with the like an arcade joystick and buttons. You ordered new buttons, the more sensitive kind. They sent you four out of six, and the reason was they don't they're overwhelmed. Enough. And they even sent you an email saying, "This is the world of Street Fighter Four because we're run out of our products. We have to." It's really interesting because, like, I think you know, I even bought the strategy guide this week, but I think the game has inspired a lot of people. And you never buy strategy guides ever no and this is the kind of game that you need one because I sit there and I am like okay I know three of this guy's moves but what are the others like I where? like how do I how do I counteract that yeah so like it would me. be if I've got all 20 moves and I can read that book and get them in my head what they are then at least you know I have a fighting chance and did you want to mention your stick again and see how easy it was for you to change the buttons yeah so I got a um Hori uh, real Arcade Pro EX for the uh, 360 and it comes with a, the the actual stick is the real J- Japanese arcade parts stick it's like the best stick you can get but the buttons for some reason they put their own they're called Hori buttons they're not actually the real arcade part now there's a difference between the buttons you, so mm-hmm. I so I ordered uh, some of the Sanwa buttons which are the ones that are really used in Japanese arcades and I replaced the buttons with four of them, and it's really, really, <laughs> actually pretty simple. But I got it all apart on my stick and realized that I needed a seven millimeter nut driver, which with a long end, not a short end. So I had to order one of them specially. So that cost me like five dollars. But uh, once I got that, it came apart fine. And changing the actual buttons is really easy. Now the difference between the buttons, while they don't look different physically, it's, it's totally it's different. A lot. It's there's like, no, um, there's no like. Resistance. hard any feedback there it's you touch it and it just gives way whereas the other one you can you know it's got a little spring and you can tell it's got a contact it's got to make even slightly but your new ones it's kind of like you just tap it and it's like yeah in fact i, I was testing it out and i put it back together with i only put four new buttons <laughs> in so far so i need another four but um i was pressing the buttons on accident at first because I rest my hands right. on the buttons in a particular way. I was resting them too heavy, so you have They're to. They're very lightweight. But yeah, it's um, they only cost two dollars each. The buttons, so. Uh, and you said you can't imagine playing it now with the controller again. No, you. I don't even. I couldn't even imagine <laughs> playing this game with the controller. A stick is what you need. So, and, and my comment was: Street Fighter Four is stimulating the economy. It definitely is <laughs> because people are spending loads of money on Arc's Joy on the game itself, on the thing. Probably people are even going out there buying a console because of it. I would say so. And, you know, you can get you can get all kinds of different sticks. There's even a, an official stick for the game. It's very, very difficult to get hold of. It's like a limited edition. Um, but, you know, there's sticks all the way from, like, a little stick that this, that's as big yeah. as... Right up to, like... Mine's that's one about of the 18 inches. No, maybe 14 inches long. It's, it's like heavy. It's like the... 
the actual panel off an arcade cabinet, like the actual. Did you put pictures on your Flickr? No, I didn't, but mm. I should. Now it's been when I take it apart next time to put the rest of the mm. buttons in, I should take a picture of yeah. the inside too. But yeah, that's uh, arcade sticks. Uh, they're worth getting if you're into Street Fighter, and Street Fighter Four is really good. I've been playing it all week, and it's um, it's real. It seems simple, but it's not like because actually mastering it. When you you think you think you're getting good, and then you go online and you're just not good at all. Like you just get absolutely owned. So, you know, you have to learn your character and know exactly. And when you come up against another character, you got to know exactly what to do against that character. So you know, there's a lot to it. It's not just like pressing the buttons willy nilly. You're not going to win. So could you use that stick thing with um, more fighting games? Any, like the one I like on the Dreamcast. <laughs> well, any on the three sixty. Anything. Because like I really Soul like Soul Calibur 4. Soul Calibur 4, yeah, yeah. On the 360. Because I like Soul Calibur. And anything on the PC, because it's actually USB, so if you use MAME, the uh, um, oh, arcade did. emulator, you can use... We did do uh, Pac-Man with it, and it was fantastic. We did, yeah. We yeah. tried a Championship Edition Pac-Man yeah. with it, and it works brilliant, yeah. So you can do it with any PC, because, um, you know, MAME for the PC, that covers every single arcade game ever, so you can play that with it. Is that legal? Uh, if you own the... <laughs> The rights to every single game ever made? Yeah. Yeah, it's... Okay, it's, never mind that. It's, high, well, it's highly questionable, but it's completely freely available as an open right. sourcey thing, you know. Mame's not um, illegal, but the ROMs are, I guess. But if you went and bought, like, <laughs> the board out of a Pac-Man machine, the actual physical board, and owned that, I guess you could have the ROM as well. True. But, you know, who, yeah. who wants a garage full of <laughs> boards out of machines? So there's that. And another thing this week is uh, just a warning I want to give people. Um, if your PC's hung up or something's going on with your PC, like it seems like you want to restart it, but it won't restart. Never. And I know not to do this, but it was I didn't really have a choice at the time. Press the reset button. Yeah, but then how are you supposed to do it? I really don't know. You just said, if you have no other options, you have to do I, that. There probably was an option, wait longer. I don't know. How long were you waiting? Because I know you're impatient. Well, it had been locked up like for maybe four or five hours. Because you were sleeping. And then when I came to it, I noticed that the thing was spinning. You know, like the little, like it's doing something. And I was like, oh, something locked up. Because I'd installed this program that didn't agree with Windows 7, basically. Now, when you're saying the thing was spinning, you mean like you were on the loading screen... Windows loading screen or just your cursor was No, spinning? I was in Windows and the cursor was spinning. Nothing, so you could have nothing would work. No alt tab. No, 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 nothing would well. work. Nothing. So I pressed reset after several minutes of like trying to get Task Manager up and nothing was happening. So I pressed reset. The computer rebooted. And then the first thing I noticed was wrong was my um, one of my programs in my taskbar said that it needed to recover its database because it had lost it. I was like, oh, okay, what's that all about? It was my podcast. Uh, the thing that pulls in all the podcasts, it didn't know any podcasts anymore. It didn't know it was supposed oh, to be getting any. So I was like, oh, that's weird. So then I went to play a podcast, which was in my podcast directory, and it wouldn't play. It just Windows kept Media saying, player, Windows Media Player has encountered an error. Then I was, say, I was saying to you, my Windows Media Player has gone funny. I wonder what's happening. So... It turns out it wasn't Windows Media Player. Those podcasts were also corrupt. And then... <laughs> Outlook? Outlook was having this weird problem where it just didn't want to open. open. Your junk mail was totally grayed out. So what do you think was the culprit? Did you ever figure that out? Well, some obviously, some when 
I reset it. It was right into the disk. I know, but what was the problem to begin with? Why was it sitting there churning, churning, churning? Because of that antivirus that I installed that oh. isn't compatible with Windows 7, as I found out afterwards. Oh, God. So, anyway, I all threw it into this weird... And then I thought, well, I won't reformat. I'll just fix these issues. The Outlook issue was impossible to fix. I mean, we even uninstalled Outlook, cleaned the registry, rebooted, reinstalled it, and it still remembered that it was screwed up. So, <laughs> I don't know what the hell that was. So... I spent a day reformatting. I mean, I'm still back on Windows 7. Um, Windows 7's fine. That was just a... And That would have happened if I was on Vista, I imagine. So the lesson here isn't so much don't press the reset button. The lesson is, if you're installing things on Windows 7, which is new, look around and make yeah, sure make that Yeah, make sure thing, they work. Yeah. Because this was a semantic antivirus, <clears throat> which apparently doesn't work with Windows 7 yet. I mean, yes, there'll be a newer version that will. But why... They're not going to put it out yet because Windows 7 isn't even available to... You do know there are still people who, when they shut off their computer, they just shut it off, right? And yep. And they the deserve everything they Every get. day. They deserve They just it. push the button and that's that. Yep. And when they turn it back on, that's that. <laughs> Every and, day. You know. So, and one day when they when it doesn't start up... Because Those are the people through. who call us eventually and be like, oh, I don't understand why my computer's not working. Yeah, so I had to reformat... It doesn't take me very long to reformat anymore. I've kind of got it down to a... Like, I don't even have to insert CDs. I've got all the applications that I run in a folder ready to install, you know. And it takes me about three hours, generally, from start to finish. It's still a bit of a pain, because you have to tweak everything. And then every day, I come to open something and go, Oh, crap, this isn't set up properly, and I have to end up setting it up. But anyway, it's all back to normal. We're recording the podcast on it. Um, And the last thing is... Nothing... Oh... Oscar night tomorrow night. <laughs> you said um, that already. I said it at the beginning, but uh, it's Oscars. It's on ABC. It's in high definition this year, as it was last year. It won't be for us because we don't have a high definition feed here. Correct. So it'll be a nice square vision. Um, <laughs> square vision? Square vision. And the host this year is Hugh Jackman, which is interesting because... It will be interesting. You know, usually we have a comedian who does a monologue at the beginning, and Hugh Jackman's and not a comedian, so... I think he might. I mean, sing. he's funny enough. Maybe he'll sing and dance. Maybe not. Maybe oh, just I, I'm hoping it. there's some singing and dancing. Who are some of your favorites? We'll talk about that next week. Favorite hosts of the Oscars, and if you have favorites, you can you can email me. If you ever have favorite moments from the Academy Awards or favorite hosts or anything like that, you better write that down on there so we mention it next week. Okay. Um, so you can send me an email at siddoc at siddoc dot com. And my favorite. And in the subject line, put Academy Awards. Because if it doesn't have that, then I'll probably delete it. <laughs> I'm trying to say who's my favorite Academy Awards host. Mine is uh, Chris Rock. It was good. I liked Ellen DeGeneres a lot. Ellen DeGeneres really was really funny, especially when she was vacuuming under Angelina Jolie's legs and stuff. It was really good. She just started vacuuming up on the... She's like, I'm getting, you know, we want to move along here, so we're going to start <laughs> cleaning up. Now, I mean, obviously, that's the kitschy thing to do, but I really enjoyed it. No, her. that was funny. Was good. That was funny. And, of course, Steve Martin. I mean, there are lots, but favorites, I think, Ellen DeGeneres has been mine. Maybe Hugh Jackman will be my favorite Maybe. next week. Maybe he'll be dressed as Wolverine and he'll go around... Uh, around I want the somebody to be actually have some balls and, like, refuse their award or something like that because, you know... We haven't had that in a Nobody while. Nobody ever does. Of course they do. Look at the history of the Academy Awards. They refuse awards. They've refused awards. They've all refused it before the ceremony actually starts. I mean, no, like they either send before. a proxy. No, on the night they don't show up, and they send right. either someone up or they just don't say anything, and they just aren't there. 
So we want somebody like that. Not all this weepy, thank you, thank you so much. This is like the best day of my oh, whole life. I mean, will, it's great and everything. There will be weeping tomorrow. There will be. There will be weeping. Um, there will be blood. No, I think... Um, and next week I'll talk about my favorite segments that they do in the Academy Awards, stuff like that. Because it's kind of a structured little formulaic thing. So what I find about the Academy Awards, I really love it. I look forward to it every year. I find about usually about half of it is interesting. Mm-hmm. And then the other half, I can take it or leave it. Last year kind of sucked in the music department because everything was from... The one thing. <laughs> yeah, the one movie, the Disney, or the um, Everlast or whatever it was called, with the girl who came from the cartoon and she came into real life. Oh, yeah, Ever After. No. Not Ever After, but that one. Uh, en- Enchanted. Enchanted. Yeah. So they, Which like, was a good movie, it, but was. we hadn't seen it yet. But I like the music... I like it when all four of them are from different, completely different movies, and someone performs them, either the actual person or someone comes up. I don't. I just thought that was kind of a little bit boring. So I'm hoping the music is. A this week, bit one of the this year, one of the songs is the Peter Gabriel one at the end of Wally. Hmm. So maybe Peter and Gabriel Gran, will come up. Gran Torino is that one of them? I or was think, he was that Golden Globes? I, think, maybe? I don't know. But anyway. Um, so yeah, Oscar night tomorrow night. Um, I think it's uh, five p.m. till well, red carpet. Five p.m. till eleven p.m. Probably. So yeah. Did we talk about last week our bobbly pizza? Did we make that after? We talked about that. Yes. Okay, it was really good. And tonight we're having uh, this is Sid talk stuff. This is my stuff. What's for dinner? Pasta. I'm going to use some of that nice pasta sauce that we used on the pizza, and then uh, maybe salad on the side. Kind of like a... That's it, because I'm not going to the store. <laughs> and then my, my mother's back from Mexico. She was in Mexico all winter, since Thanksgiving, in fact. And she so, probably hates being back. She probably does, because it's very cold here. And it's like... She did say today, though, she's been cleaning out the hot tub. So I know that means she's she'll cold. be going out in, like, 20-degree weather on the deck oh, isn't in the her hot, swimsuit. Oh, is it outside? Yeah, it's outside. And she'll go out there when it's snowing and get in her hot tub, so... I think that's really fun. So she's, I can imagine her in there scrubbing it out today thinking. And she said she was freezing cold when she did it. Um, so that's a good thing. My mother's back from Mexico. And I haven't heard her voice yet even because we've been talking on MSN Messenger. And I'm trying to get her on her Facebook account. Why didn't you call her? Well, it's a little late now. No, no, no. <laughs> I mean, why? I will tomorrow. She said to call her and get her on the Facebook because my siblings are all on there. And all of our friends and people that she's known from all the places we've lived. And they're all anxious to get her on there and, you know, talk her up a little bit. And the other thing is just that I wanted to remind everybody, if you like handmade things, like handmade soap and art and things like that, um, there's a site that I sell stuff on. But more than that, because you might not like art prints and stuff, but it's called Etsy, E-T-S-Y. And I ordered some stuff and recent and just got it. It's like a handmade sewn bag really cool quilted bag that I'm gonna put art stuff in and I got some handmade soap and it's a really fun thing to order something from someone who just in their home or where some people have very small businesses but it's mostly home people who make this stuff you know and then they go to their 40 hour job week 40 hour week job and then they come home and make really cool stuff they package it up really nice they put little notes in there for you whatever it's just a nice feeling it's nice to order stuff from Amazon, too. But when you get something from someone directly who writes a little handwritten note in there to you, you know that they've made it themselves. You get to know them a little bit on the forum or whatever and find out more and see more pictures of their shop and their work area. It's just a nice thing. 
And you actually visited one of them. I did. I delivered. Uh, she found my hysterectomy drawing because she recently had that. And she lives in our town. So we traded. I traded one of my prints, the, draw- the drawing of hysterectomy, which sounds gross, but it isn't. And uh, she makes these really nice so hand-sewn quilted like washcloths and towels and stuff. And she gave me some of them and I got to actually see her face to face. It was lovely. And that's that's where I the woman found me to draw her tattoo, which she has now. And it's healed up. And she's now studying for the bar for her state the, the, to become a lawyer. So, you know, it opens up a whole world. It's different than buying stuff from a factory or from, you know, it's just a nice thing. Oh. I recommend. And there's loads of sites like it. Loads. Not just the Etsy, but there's loads. It's just a nicely organized site, I mean, compared to a lot of them. I was going to say, I, uh, talking of buying things, I bought a book this week called Ar- Arcade Mania from awesome. Amazon. Costs about $10. Um, but it's a the history of Japanese video game arcades. And it covers, like, all each chapter's about a different subject. Like, one chapter is about, like, dance, dance revolution. One chapter's about shoot-em-ups. One chapter's about... Fighting games, one's about crane machines, one's about sticker machines, and it covers it really in depth, and it's by one of the editors of Kotaku, which is a video game site that I go to, and if you're interested in video games and arcade, or Japanese stuff even, you know, if you're into... You want me to tell them what you said about it? It's what? a great book for the shitter. <laughs> yeah, if you want something it's to read, for the bathroom. read while you're having Because you crap. read like one chapter at a time, then... And it's kind of, like I said to you, it's kind of done in the style of a magazine, the the in, inside of it. Yeah. Because it's not just like, read this page, read this page. There's like panels as well with like top tips or, you know, so it, it's very magazine-y orientated. Like and I, I love that kind of stuff. And that's all, you also feel sort of a sense, like a, isn't it just a guy who researched it all and yeah, wrote it all he up, lives right? there. Right. Yeah. And I bought comics that a girl just wrote and drew it, wrote it all by hand and drew it all by hand and had them printed herself on, like, newsprint paper. And that, that was in my in the bathroom for a while. Till I just sadly finished the last one. She's working on a new one, but I love that kind of stuff. Okay, so uh, I want to say thanks for listening. Uh, remind you about the websites, ascully.com, sidtalk.com, and twitter.com slash ascully, twitter.com slash sidtalk. Uh, you can also find us on facebook.com. You can get this podcast on the iTunes Music Store, the Zoom Marketplace, or the RSS feed on the page. Click on podcast at the top and you can... By Facebook, you mean there's a group. There's a page. Yes, there's a group on Facebook called uh, After the Show. show. Right. Um, You can also leave feedback to me only. and You can only email Sid Talk if you want to talk about Academy Awards. But you can email everything else to me at com. And Everything else is up like marriage proposals. Yeah. And next week, like I said earlier, it's either going to be milk or blindness or something completely different that oh. arrives in the interim that's more interesting than That isn't like you at all. That's very that's very. I actually planned for it to be milk because it was Oscar. Right. I thought Academy Awards was right. next weekend. So milk was going to be perfect because it's up for an Oscar, right? But... It didn't work can out. Can we call them up and tell them, can you guys just wait one more week to do the Academy Awards? If milk arrives before Wednesday, it'll probably be milk. But anyway, uh, and I want to say, um, stay classy, Ridley Scott, and make some more movies uh, as soon as possible, please. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to say, uh, think for yourself, because if you don't do it, somebody else will do it for you, or they'll convince you you're thinking for yourself. 
but it's a trick.